is there a supernatural dimension? A world beyond the one we know? Is there life after death? Do angels exist? Can our dreams contain messages from heaven? Can we tap into ancient secrets of the supernatural? Are healing miracles real? Sid Roth has spent over 35 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural. Hello, Sid Roth here. Welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural. I knew Dr. Kenneth Hagen, and he walked in extraordinary miracles. He found two prayers in the book of Ephesians, and he prayed them for himself over a thousand times. And then, do you remember a few years ago, there was a big thing about another prayer from the Bible, the prayer of Jabez? Do you remember that? Well, my guest went on a search and study of the Bible to find the most supernatural prayers in the Bible. And if it worked in the prayer of Jabez, if it worked with the prayers of Ephesians, it's going to work for you. Would you like to know these prayers? Yeah. I would. Yeah. You know, Mike Shreve told me something before we went on the air. He told me about what God has put in his heart about expectancy for this show. What is that? I have felt this phenomenal anticipation that there's going to be an excessive amount of miraculous manifestations globally when this program is shown. And I've felt this for weeks. It's been upon me. When I pray, it's, it's gripped me with a season of fasting. And so I'm looking for incredible things to happen tonight. Me too. Now, you spent two years researching and studying the prayers of the Bible. What was the catalyst to get you to do this? Well, back around the turn of the millennium, there was such a megatrend in the body of Christ of interest in the prayer of Jabez, which is only 32 words long, one sentence. Right. It takes about 10 seconds to quote it, five phrases, five requests. All he says was, oh, that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And I think the thing that resonated with people was how immediate the response from heaven was. It just says, and God gave him what he requested. We're never told what kind of supernatural things may or may not have taken place, just that God gave him what he requested. So what gripped my heart was this, that if that prayer should resonate with the body of Christ so profoundly, how much more 
the prayers that got a very intense response from heaven. And so for two years, I searched through the word. But, to, but, but let me ask you this. Uh, on this prayer of Jabez, I heard the most supernatural, amazing testimonies. So I think what you're telling me, there are prayers with even greater responses that are available to us that we've never even thought about. Oh, I believe the prayer of Jabez was powerful. And it's something we should implement. But it never states that there was a supernatural response. So if that was important to study, it's more important to study the prayers where there was a tremendous supernatural response. And when I began to go through those prayers, I noticed what I call PowerPoints, certain statements that were made, certain methods of approaching God that seemed to have a greater ability to capture the heart of God and bring a response. It changed my prayer life. I began praying according to those patterns, not not in a methodical kind of way where I don't believe formulas capture God's heart. This is relational and you can't get some kind of word formula that you quote and then manipulate God into responding to you. But there are certain kinds of prayers that God historically has responded to. Okay. So we need yeah, to learn let, from that. Let, let's have an example. How about prayers by uh, a famous rabbi, uh, Rabbi Moshe Rabbeinu? Moses. <laughs> I'm glad it's Moses because I wasn't sure where you were going with that. That's okay. I, 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 I don't think I've studied that one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, hey, th- this, this was. <laughs> yes, you shocked me, Said You shocked me. Uh, this was actually a point in Moses' life where I believe he was crushed, he was disappointed. He was grief-stricken. He was tired of people because he'd done everything he could to usher them into the presence of God and given a few weeks absence when he's up in Mount Sinai receiving the extension of the Torah. They uh, give themselves over to idolatry. And he comes down shocked to see them dancing naked around this idol that they've created. And so um, after he dealt with that, he went back to God. And now his focus, I believe, is more on God than on the people. And, and he says, God, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I might know you and that I might find grace in your sight. And at first I thought, well, that's redundant. That's repetitive. He starts out saying, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I might know you that I might find grace in your sight. And then I realized that he was saying, I need an extra application of grace. I need more grace, more anointing, more glory. I've got this responsibility. These people are depending on me. Show me your way, Lord. Show me exactly what you want me to do. And I'll know you because where I find your work, I find your personality revealed. He says, if I know your way, I'll know you. And I I believe that's where we discover the character of God in the works that we perform in his name. He demonstrates his character to others. But I I learned that uh, lesson of the Moses prayer when I was unsaved. (laughs) I found out uh, that you can ask God what Moses asked next. He said, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And God responded to him and said, I'll make all my goodness pass before you. And I'll make the name of the Lord proclaimed before you. And uh, strangely, 
Moses said, show me your glory. God said, I'll show you my goodness. If you ask most people to show you their glory, they'll point to their accomplishments, their diplomas, their statues that represent some great achievement. And God didn't do any of that. Moses said, show me your glory. God said, I'll show you how good I am. And, uh, and that's God's glory is his goodness. Well, back when I was unsaved, I didn't know how to pray the prayer of Moses. But I got a letter from an old friend. At the time, I was a teacher of yoga and meditation at four universities. I was very deeply involved in Far Eastern mysticism. I had 400 students who thought I was their guru. I was spending 12 hours a day in solitude, chanting, doing meditation, doing yoga, trying to find this elusive thing they call God consciousness. And then uh, an old friend of mine wrote me a letter and said, you'll never find God through what you're doing. He said, you need to be born again and you need to accept Jesus as Lord of your life. So that, that letter initially I rejected. I said, I cannot confine my belief system to one religion. It's not logical. It's more loving and wise to embrace all religions of the world. That's what I thought. But that letter weighed on my mind until finally I said, I'm going to dedicate an entire day to Jesus. And I'm going to ask him to reveal himself supernaturally. Now, I mean, I might not have said, show me your glory. But in essence, I was saying, show me your glory. Because for 12 hours that day, all I did was read the Bible and say, Jesus, this is your day. If you're real, manifest yourself supernaturally to me. And that afternoon, I was on my way to teach a yoga class at University of South Florida. And there happened to be a prayer group in town that was praying for me, 24-hour prayer chain. Somebody was praying for me every hour. Well, one of the members of that prayer group was walking in a laundromat two miles away from where I stepped out hitchhiking to go teach a class. And he said the Holy Spirit spoke to him, get back in your van and start driving. He didn't know that the person he'd been praying for for over a month was standing there saying, Jesus, if you're the answer, give me a sign today. <laughs> Mike really got his sign. I, got I mean, it. and that guy must be one of the happiest believers on earth. <laughs> but uh, I'm... I love that prayer, Moses. God, show us your glory. When we come back, oh God, show us your glory. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural. For over two years, Mike Shreve studied over 650 prayers contained in the Bible. God revealed to him 10 of the most powerful prayers. Now God wants you to know these 10 prayers that will unlock your supernatural breakthrough every time you pray them. Call now and get Mike Shreve's revolutionary book and his four-part audio CD teaching series, Powerful Prayers for Supernatural Results, plus this one-of-a-kind Ephesians Prayer Bookmark. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number nine. Through this book and audio CD teaching series, you will have revealed to you the 10 most powerful and effective prayers contained in the Bible. Study the amazing components of these powerful prayers uttered by champions of the faith, including Moses, Hannah, Solomon, Asa, Jehoshaphat, Elijah, Jonah, Hezekiah, and the early church. Understand the key power points of each of the 10 prayers that will help you receive your supernatural breakthrough as you pray them. Learn how to apply seven more prayers that change the world forever. Also, 
comprehend the mystery of the Holy Spirit-inspired prayers contained in the New Testament and how they reveal areas of supernatural transformation for your life. Get ready to have your life transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit with these powerful prayers to declare over your life. We encourage you to take those points, implement them in your own prayer life, and expect miracles and signs and wonders yourself. Plus, receive this one-of-a-kind Ephesians prayer bookmark. We've put it in a modern translation that just so describes the Spirit of God. Put this in your Bible and you read it out loud every day. Your prayer life will be lifted to the next level. Your walk with God will be altered forever. Miracles are waiting in the wings. You start praying these 10 supernatural prayers with revelation knowledge and watch the favor of God in your life. Don't miss out on getting Mike Shreve's revolutionary book and his four-part audio CD teaching series, Powerful Prayers for Supernatural Results, plus this one-of-a-kind Ephesians prayer bookmark. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9269. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9269 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We now return to It's Supernatural. (laughs) So, uh, the prophet Malachi says... Just before the Messiah returns, Elijah's going to show up. And I believe it's the spirit of Elijah is going to show up. But tell me about the supernatural prayer of Elijah. Well, Elijah stood on his own against 850 false prophets. And it was God's time to bring revival in Israel. He prayed a prayer again that didn't take a minute to say But he said, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel. Let it be known that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant, and this is key, and that I have done these things according to your word. And then he said, Lord God, let it be known that you are God. Let these people know that you are God and that you have turned their hearts to you again. Well, a number of years ago, I was confronted with a situation where I was outnumbered two. Uh, I was in India. I was the first Western missionary, I was told by some of the supporting pastors, to conduct a crusade in Kumbakonam, India. I was surrounded by huge Hindu temples all around us. There was a baptismal pool where they would baptize thousands of Hindus at one time, where they would pour water over themselves, hoping to wash sins away. But it's not water that washes sins away. It's It's the the blood blood of Jesus, (laughs) you know. And uh, I preached to an audience of thousands and thousands of Hindus that, for the most part, had never heard the gospel before. And I felt this tremendous pressure on me. In fact, toward the end of my message, it was almost like invisible hands were choking me, demonic hands, and I was having to force every word out. It was you know, very A difficult. lot of people don't realize, but there are some heavy-duty spirits, demons in Hinduism. That's what he's talking well, about. Well, it was an unopposed stronghold. No one had come into the midst of this to withstand it for centuries and centuries. And God sent me in there. And it was so much pressure, I felt like I was 
I was caving in under it into a state of unbelief in my mind where I thought they're not going to respond. If I make an altar call, nobody's going to receive Jesus. And this fear was gripping my mind. But right at the critical moment, and that's when God almost always comes through. That's a little quirk in his personality. uh, And I know he doesn't mind me saying it that way, but that's one of the strange ways God likes to move. Right at the critical moment, a word of knowledge dropped in my spirit. And God said, call for the deaf and tell them if what you preached is true, every deaf person will hear again. If what you preached is not true, they will not hear and they can throw you out of their city. Well, I didn't know how critical it was that I respond to that word of knowledge. I didn't know that behind the stage there were six Hindu men, radical Hindus. Now, let me insert here that most Hindu people I find to be the most gentle, loving, tolerant people of all the cultures of the world. Theirs is one of the most gentle and tolerant cultures. But there's radicals in every culture. And they were creeping up the stairwell with a sledgehammer. There was a big uh, gate with a big padlock preventing break-ins. Well, right when I made this call for the deaf, they brought seven deaf persons. Four were totally deaf. Three were deaf in one ear. And uh, immediately I got angry at any thought of, of, of easing my way into a miracle by praying for one of the ones with one deaf ear. I said, bring me somebody totally deaf. And they brought a 23-year-old young man who had been deaf for five years. I laid hands on him and started to pray. And as soon as I did that, I hear this crunching, crashing sound behind me. And it's that sledgehammer hitting that padlock that finally clatters to the concrete. Six Hindu men come running my direction with this fierce, angry look on their faces. And I'm looking at them while I'm praying for him. And all of a sudden, he jerks out of my hands and starts screaming, I can hear, I can hear. The crowd goes wild. Did you have any thought that he might not hear and that would be it? (laughs) To be honest with you, yes. (laughs) (laughs) There was a war going on in my mind, too. But all of a sudden, this group of Hindus stopped dead in their tracks. Now, uh, remember, I had used an Elijah-like tactic. I said, God has spoken to me. I'm doing this at his word, that if the gospel that I'm preaching is true, if, just like Elijah said, if the Lord be God and not Baal, then fire is going to fall from heaven. Well, I said, if the Lord Jesus Christ is your true Savior, then these are going to be healed. Now, you better have a true word from God before you do something like that. But God had it set up so amazingly because the head of the Hindu radical group, the leader, was the next door neighbor of the man that got healed. Now, (laughs) is God brilliant or what? (laughs) We serve a brilliant God. Amazingly. (laughs) What a genius. I couldn't have have done it any better myself, Lord. But uh, (laughs) if I I had planned the script. But uh, so they stop in their tracks and the, the leader walks over and starts whispering in his ears. And he repeats the words back and he shakes his head, marveling, and he calls his men over and they all start whispering and he repeats to them and they're all shaking their heads. 
To be honest with you, I thought it was a pastorally appointed checking committee to verify the miracles. <laughs> Not there to kill me. I didn't know they came to beat me up. Their plan was to beat me up publicly, then tie me to the bumper of their car and drag me through the city until I was dead. And I asked them the next day when I talked to them, I said, why did you want to do that? And they said, we wanted to discourage missionary activity. I said, well, you would have discouraged me, I guarantee you, if you had done that. But uh, I didn't know that's their motive. So I pray for the second one and the second one hears. And in my ignorance, I sent the second one to the checking committee. (laughs) (laughs) And they verify this one is hearing too. And we went on to the third and the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. They all got their hearing. I gave an invitation. Now they're not just uh, being reached intellectually. They're being reached supernaturally. And that's what the early church did. Now, I have a question for you. Can anyone use these supernatural prayers that have supernatural results that you have researched in the Bible? Can anyone use them? Absolutely. It's the inheritance of every child of God. Now, you may not get when I say you, I mean in general, you may not get a a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom to act on, but we can still act on the written word because that's powerful. Jesus, the word made flesh, resorted to the written word when he faced off with the devil. And so any believer can say, it is written, it is written. I had a pastor take me to an asylum uh, because one of his main members had a nervous breakdown. She was married to an abusive husband that constantly berated her and told her how ugly and worthless and stupid she was. And she broke under the pressure. All she did was mutter. You'd lean over close to her and she'd say, I'm so ugly, I'm so stupid, I'm so worthless. And she never acknowledged anyone in the room, never feed herself, never, never bathe herself, never clothe herself, just a vegetable. He took me in the room and he said, I pray for her. Now you pray for her. She didn't even acknowledge we were there. But I got down next to her and I, they gave us five minutes. The leader, uh, the people in the asylum said, you have five minutes. And I got down next to her and I just started saying, it is written. It is written. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It is written. I give you power over all the power of the devil. It is written. Nothing. Nothing by any means shall harm you. It is written, nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. And after four and a half minutes of doing nothing except it is written, it is written, it is written. I didn't have a word of knowledge that time. But I said, Pastor, we've got 30 seconds. Let's pray. We laid hands on her. I commanded the demons to depart from her and that she be restored. She she immediately got a brightness on her face. But when we started speaking in tongues, they had two guys positioned outside the door. And when they heard us doing that, they swung the door open, grabbed us by the shoulders, took us to the front door, threw us out and locked the door behind us. But we'd already done sufficient damage to the devil's kingdom. Already. So was she fine? She got up, took a bath, put her clothes on, went to the front desk and said, I don't need to be in here anymore. I'll tell you what. Hallelujah. Is, is it OK with you if I turn Mike loose in the next segment for miracles? We'll be right back. Praise God. Praise God. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural. Our world is rife with comparisons about what separates us. Day after day, we go about our lives with tunnel vision. But Scripture tells us how Messiah broke down the wall between Jew and Gentile, allowing for the creation of one new man, 
one new humanity. This spiritual completeness is set to usher in the greatest move toward God the world has ever known. Sid Roth has discovered Scripture's key to reaching the Jewish people with God's love. One New Humanity opens the door for God to move in signs and wonders, and all will see the evidence of the invisible God promised in Scripture. At SidRoth.org, you'll find mentoring tools to empower you to share how One New Humanity is critical to bringing multitudes to know God. You'll understand Israel and the Jewish roots of the church and how all the nations of the earth will experience blessings unseen in human history. Log on to SidRoth.org today and learn how one new man is the key to unlocking God's greatest blessings. We now return to It's Supernatural. I want to hear something about these new covenant prayers that Mike has researched. Tell me about the Hosanna prayer. Well, the Hosanna prayer ushered in the new covenant. Actually, the word Hosanna is only found in one place in the Bible, and that's the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. However, it's drawn from a traditional Hebrew response that is especially shouted during Passover and Tabernacles, Hoshiana, which means, Lord, save, we beseech thee. So as Jesus is entering into Jerusalem, the crowd comes around him and hundreds of voices shout, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Or in their language, they would have been saying Hoshiana. And, and I asked a dear Messianic friend of mine, why, why is it a request, but we shout it with, as a shout of expectation? He said, you do not understand the intricacies of Hebrew. I said, that's why I'm asking you. <laughs> he said, it is a shout of expectation, but he, he said, it is a request, but it's a request in full expectation of performance. He said, it's like a wife saying to her husband, you will take out the garbage, won't you? <laughs> of course he's going to do it. Well, when you shout Hosanna to God, you're saying, Lord, save me. But really in your heart of hearts, you're saying, Lord, I believe you're going to save me. And if you add those words in the highest to it, you're saying, Lord, I believe you're going to save me to the highest degree possible for God to save a human being. Save me from sickness, save me from sin, save me from Satan, save me from death, save me from hell, save me from the grave. He did it. He responded to that prayer. That one word prayer changed the world forever. Let let me ask you something. Kenneth Hagin prayed over a thousand times from the book of Ephesians, two prayers, Ephesians chapter 1, 17 to 20, Ephesians chapter 3, 14 to 19. I told you about that, and you started praying. What happened when you started praying them? Well, what God showed me, and I've got to preface it quickly with this, is that those prayers are not just Paul praying for the Ephesian church or another Bible writer praying for some church or person that they're addressing, but all the Scripture is God-breathed. The Bible says it was written by the Holy Spirit that holy men of God wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So while Paul was writing that prayer to the Ephesians, that was not just Paul praying for the Ephesians that they would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God, that they might know the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power toward those who believe. 
No, that was the Holy Spirit venting that prayer through Paul and then fanning it out to the entire body of Christ who was going to come into being in that century. And yet many centuries later, those of us in the audience here tonight, we are recipients of that prayer. So what God showed me, and I didn't realize until you told me about Brother Hagin's revelation, what God showed me is I needed to start accepting those prayers as a done deal. And I started saying, Lord, I receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I receive that power. I receive it right now. You prayed quickly for someone right after you had that revelation. What happened? I went to a teen challenge where someone had his face smashed in. He was blind in one eye, deaf in one ear. And I'd been praying for that exceeding great power to be manifested. I just barely laid hands on him and he started seeing and hearing again. Pray right now. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to shout Hosanna over every person that is watching this telecast. You shout it where you're at right now. And in the name of Jesus, we're going to expect results. In fact, God told me that multiplied hundreds, multiplied thousands of people with mental problems are going to be healed right now. You've been told you have to be on on certain kinds of drugs or that you're going to have a nervous breakdown. That's a lie of the devil. We're going to shout Hosanna right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, we come to you on the basis of what has already been written in your word. You've already said it is written. I give you power over all the power of the enemy. So we shatter the hold of the enemy right now. We take authority over strongholds. Cripples are being healed and getting up out of wheelchairs and deaf people are hearing again. Blind people are seeing again. And I feel that radiance of the anointing Lord. I speak it that the anointing destroys the yoke and a multiplicity of people are being delivered from mental excruciating mental pain. I even see a loved one in a padded cell and a family pleading with God and right now you're going to stand in the gap for that son and you're going to shout Hosanna over him and the anointing's going into that asylum right now and delivering him in Jesus name. I count it done. I feel it radiating through the audience in here. In fact this audience ought to be praising God with the word Hosanna. Lord save us Hosanna. to the highest degree Hosanna. possible. Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna, we believe you're saving us, saving us, saving us, saving us from sin, saving us from sickness, saving us from bondage, saving us from mental pressure, saving us from demonic strategies. We lift our hands and shout, Hosanna to you right now, Lord. Hosanna. Hallelujah. 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 I sense deaf ears opening. There may be deaf ears opening in the audience here, but I just hear them popping open right now as a result of what's going on in this place. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'll tell you what, I don't know how to close it except the most important supernatural prayer I know. The most important, Romans 10, verse 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus rose from the dead and believe it in your heart, you shall shall be be saved. (laughs) Believers around the world once embraced the 32-word prayer from the Bible, the prayer of Jabez. Why? Because this brief prayer concluded with the comment, so God granted him what he requested. 
For over two years, Mike Shreve studied over 650 prayers contained in the Bible. God revealed to him 10 of the most powerful prayers, which resulted in identifiable supernatural responses. Now God wants you to know these 10 prayers that will unlock your supernatural breakthrough every time you pray them. Call now and get Mike Shreve's revolutionary book and his four-part audio CD teaching series, Powerful Prayers for Supernatural Results, plus this one-of-a-kind Ephesians Prayer Bookmark. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9269. Through this book and audio CD teaching series, you will have revealed to you the 10 most powerful and effective prayers contained in the Bible. Study the amazing components of these powerful prayers uttered by champions of the faith, including Moses, Hannah, Solomon, Asa, Jehoshaphat, Elijah, Jonah, Hezekiah, and the early church. Understand the key power points of each of the 10 prayers that will help you receive your supernatural breakthrough as you pray them. Learn how to apply seven more prayers that change the world forever. Also, Comprehend the mystery of the Holy Spirit-inspired prayers contained in the New Testament and how they reveal areas of supernatural transformation for your life. Get ready to have your life transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit with these powerful prayers to declare over your life. We break it down point by point why those particular points captured the heart of God and then we give a real life example, a modern day example of a miraculous happening and then, of course, we encourage you to take those points, implement them in your own prayer life, and expect miracles and signs and wonders yourself. Plus, receive this one-of-a-kind Ephesians prayer bookmark. One of my favorite parts of this package is the Ephesian prayer bookmark because we've put it in a modern translation that just so describes the Spirit of God is saying, you just put this in your Bible and you read it out loud every day. Your prayer life will be lifted to the next level. Your walk with God will be altered forever. Miracles are waiting in the wings. You want a new track to run on? Uh, You're not happy with the way things are going? You want to see a change? You start praying these 10 supernatural prayers with revelation knowledge and watch the favor of God in your life. Don't miss out on getting Mike Shreve's revolutionary book and his four-part audio CD teaching series, Powerful Prayers for Supernatural Results, plus this one-of-a-kind Ephesians prayer bookmark. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9269 call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9269 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Next week on It's Supernatural. When I interview Gordon Robertson for our radio program, I'm not exaggerating. There was a river of healing, and I'm reminded in Ezekiel. Ezekiel says, wherever that river goes, there is lachaim, there is life. So I'm telling you, sickness, demons, you're on notice. The river is here. Your gifts to this ministry will help Sid air It's Supernatural in Israel 28 times a week and distribute his evangelistic book to the Jewish people worldwide. 